Hey guys, welcome to the Bag and Broadcast, episode number 523. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out May 24th, 2023. We follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's time for our trade in policy review. Uh, and this is a Johnny pick. Yeah. It is. It's a big boy. It's your pick. Do you want to, you want to say what it is or do you want me to do uh, it? It's, you're, you're, you're honors. This is your part oh. of the show. I'm not a judge, but thanks. No, because he said your your honors. Anyways, we're talking about Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, by Tom Keem and Bilkus Elvi. John's John's cracking open a beer because that's something else we also do. We we drink beer and then we talk about them while we're drinking the beers. So John, what are you drinking? No, I threw it to him. (laughs) Uh, He's got to throw it to someone, Paul. Remember. But he just took a sip. He doesn't know yeah, what to say about it. Fine. He doesn't even know what he has in that's his fine. hand. Put him on the spot. I'm drinking from Arcane Aleworks, their Tulip Pantsuit IPA. Keep gold. Drink fresh. I don't see where ABV we're looking at, but it is um, This is okay. This is a drinkable beer. It's not knocking me out. Um, when When Paul came over for my birthday, we had uh, two beers from them that we split. Uh, Their sour was pretty delicious. It was a grape chocolate sour that tasted like like a a Tootsie Pop. It was pretty darn good. And uh, Black Lager, the Black Lager is the other one we had. And that was just kind of okay. But I really top one. You have to enjoy a Tootsie Pop to have enjoyed it. It was different. And, yeah, I could see some people enjoying it, but also people, other people, like, not enjoying it. because. So there are four people at the table. Yeah. Paul was the only one that didn't like it, I guess. Right. I don't, I like, it's been a long, a long time since I've had a Tootsie Pop, and I think I like them, but I don't know how it would be in beer form. Well, I, in a sense, it's what it made you think of it. It was very grapey with that chocolate and it just made you think of like a Tootsie Pop flavor. It was very good. Uh, it was a beard that was requested by my wife after she poops this baby out. She was like, I'd like one of those beers. So is but you like this one better than all three of those, John, or, or is it just no solid? No, this is just an okay beer. I don't know if it's just, uh, Maybe it sat too long. Maybe it just isn't good. I don't know. But it's good. It's okay. It's not a bad beer. I have no problem sitting and drinking this. But uh, it's, yeah, it's all right. Chris, what do you think Paul's drinking? Oh, I think he's drinking liquid death. No, I I did I should have because we were trying to get sponsored by them. I should have picked up two more. Should have picked up the buried alive and they're just non-flavored one. But no, I'm drinking from Ithaca. The this is something that I bought for when Chris was in town because uh, he was a big fan of this. This is the ginger beer from Ithaca Ithaca Brewing Company, and this is a soda of the fingerlings. And this is a really nice uh, ginger beer still, non-alcoholic. Um, because it brings that ginger heat, it brings a little bit of spice with that ginger. You know, it, it feels like a fresh ginger should. Like a Gosling's. Uh, I think or is it? I think more like a Reed's. Reed's usually has a little more of the spice to it. Yeah, this is, this has a little heat to it. <clears throat> I like it. It's enjoyable. Nice. Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, my beer is also enjoyable. I don't absolutely love it, though. Uh, coming from Duclaw Brewing Company, this is their Hop Tarts. And this is a pineapple milkshake IPA. Uh, the printing on the can is very, very light. It's yellow printing on a silver can, so it's just kind of hard to read in my lighting. 
So I cannot find the ABV on mine either. Maybe John has it on on his can. Uh, no, it doesn't say what your beer okay. is on my can. That's weird. I was really hoping it would have. I mean, your pen was over here, so who knows? Anyways, um, <laughs> last week I really enjoyed the Hidden Springs Ale Works uh, Dole Whip. Like, that was absolutely fantastic. The Enchanted Tiki Room. Uh, so I saw a Pineapple Milkshake IPA, and I was like, okay, like, that would be good. This is fine. Um, it does have a nice pineapple, like, sweetness up front, and then that... IPA bitter kind of comes in on the back end, but they still had the Hidden Springs Tiki Room at my beer store. I kind of wish I had just grabbed another four-pack of that instead of this, because um, that really delivered on the promise more more than this does. Yeah. Don't hate it. Don't love it. It's fine. It, but it's not my favorite Duclaw beer. What would be your favorite Duclaw beer? Uh, was it the Dirty Little Freak? I think it's called. Ooh. It's like their peanut butter. Imperial. I like the even more Jesus. Is that Duclaw? No. They're sweet, they're sweet baby Jesus, right? Huh. Even Dirty more little. Jesus is uh, uh, Evil Twin, right? Mm. Uh, oh, I was I was wrong. Dirty Little Freak is their um. Brown ale with coconut and caramel and chocolate. Oh, yeah. That one's still really good. Anyways. Uh, you know what else is good? The news. Oh, yeah. Well, some news is good. Other news is sad. Did we have Chris, sad what news, news did you want to start with, bud? <laughs> I, 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 wait, I, wait. Did we have sad news? Yeah. Galaxy's Edge, oh, okay. the, 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 the Galactic Skyliner, the Halcyon, a ship that has, is celebrating its its uh, its centennial voyage or whatever bullshit voyage it is, uh, is going to have its its first flight and also last flight September 20, what, 8th? 28th, right? yes. Yeah. Um, this two-night, three-day premium LARPing hotel experience, uh, which opened March 1st, 2022, was announced to be closing September 28th, 2023, today. Um, We talked about it when this was, like, announced, when it opened. It looks amazing. Like, the experience itself looks fantastic after watching videos of it and, like, seeing pictures and just, like, hearing podcasts about it. It sounded like a fantastic experience, and I didn't hear anything bad about it. Besides the fact that it was $5,000 for your cabin of two. And if you add more people on, it goes up like exponentially. Like for a family of four, it was like $6,000. That's too much money. As a Star Wars fan for my entire life, I would not spend $5,000 for this. And apparently nobody else wanted to either. Uh, They were going through canceling, quote unquote, sailings for it just because people weren't ponying up for it. And I don't blame people because it could be the best experience in the world, but $5,000 for two nights. Again, you could go on a real cruise around Mm -hmm. the world for that. Unfortunately, my big problem was since it was $5,000, like I wanted to do a bunch of research, see what it was actually going to be like and, you know, really figure out whether or not it was going to be worth it. Unfortunately, the more you more research, the, di- the Disney police. They heard you. They heard you talking yep, crap. They heard me. The the more that you're spoiling for yourself, so there wasn't going to be a surprise because everything because it's the one experience. It's the one story that takes place. So it's like watching the movie before going to see the movie in the movie theater and then being upset that the whole thing's ruined for you. Like, yeah, could I've had fun in my own way? And made my own fun on the on the experience, maybe, but it didn't. But the setting for it seemed very on rails. Like no matter what you chose, like you couldn't inter- you couldn't interact with the story, but you couldn't influence the story. Mm-hmm. And for five thousand dollars, I would want to influence the story and have my own story told versus what that was, which is an on rails, like, hey, 
hey, you're here to experience and have it all play around you. And oh, also, I felt like the experience was already spoiled for me because I wasn't willing to just blindly give $5,000. Yeah. But also yeah. to know what you need to do and who you need to talk to and where you need to go. Yeah. A lot of that stuff would just be chance. Unless you watch those things to know, like, yeah. oh, you need to talk to this person or go this at this time and do this mm-hmm. and this. Because then you're getting the full experience for what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. But you the people who don't do that aren't getting that and it's not worth that money. Yeah. You have to be either really pushy and like, just like in everybody's face, like trying to get an interaction with everybody, which to me is off putting because I don't want to be that person. I want, I want to like have quiet moments, you know, not like, Oh, the big group is all, we're all trying to talk to this one person at once. So the big group, you know, and that's what it seemed to get get tend to be like, oh, we we all got to talk to the captain right now or we all got to, you know, talk to the engineer and t- learn about the droid and scan the droid and get, you know, up oh, and there's Chewbacca. We got to all get crowd around Chewbacca. And it's like, I, I don't want to crowd around anything. I, I don't I don't like crowds. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I think it's. I think it was an interesting first step and there was a lot of work and I think the experience that they put on and the amount of, I think it looked good. I thought, you know, you know, people were saying, Oh, it looked cheap and everything. But from the videos I saw, I thought everything looked, you know, decent and like, looked like you were in a star war. Yeah, it, it looks great. Uh-huh. I think they and just the priced out were the- great. I think they price out the people that would get the most out of it. Like the fans that would want to go have fun. Like the people that would play along and not yeah. would get like partake in the story, not just the family that's like, when do we get lightsabers? Like, you know, again, the, the LARPers, like the people that would be excited to be in a, in a Star War. But then, like, I saw a couple, the first couple videos of the people that first went, like, during the press release, there were people dressed up, like, as, like, Asajj Ventress. And it's like, well, that's, you're not going to tell the story of Asajj Ventress on this ship. Because it's not set up to do that. It's it's set up to tell the story of the ship. Mm. So, I don't, it's not really for the LARPer either. Because the LARPer would want to push their own story or have their own unique story told. It's, it's a mass effect game, Paul, because no matter what you do, you're going to wind up in the same, the same place, but your interactions are what makes it fun. Yeah. But my choice is some of those characters can die. And they won't be there for the third. He's having sex with everybody. He is. That's, that's what, that's what Shepard does. That's what Paul makes him do. That's <laughs> what Shepard does. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I think it's sad, though. I hope uh, Disney doesn't look at this and say, oh, obviously the fans don't want immersive experience. We shouldn't invest in that. We should invest in non-immersive storytelling. In the, in the official press release where they said they did learn a lot and uh-huh. lessons that will be implemented going forward in a way to reach more people. And I think they realize like a hundred room hotel is just too narrow, especially when there is demand for it. But again, like you're pricing people out, like if it was cheaper, like may- maybe, but five grand, like no. Yeah. I'm surprised that it's it's an announcement of closing the last voyage and not a hey season two or voyage two or the new voyage is going to be coming and you know with a different price point and an all new story well, and a scaled it, back this and a scaled back that. that I mean that's definitely something that could be happening because again this is a pretty big building it's mm-hmm. a sizable footprint they put a lot of work into it this isn't going to just be something that's bulldozed tomorrow like they're going to be looking at what they can do. 
in this space. And I, it's already set up for being a hotel. Like they've got all the infrastructure there. It's going to be something going forward. And I think they need to be smart about what it's going to be because the audience is there for it. You just got to meet them halfway and market it better. I, 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 I know forgot about, I forgot about it. Yeah. To be honest, like I haven't thought about it since it opened and there were those podcasts and Chris was like, Hey, you should listen to this one. And I listened to that one. And like, and I was like, Oh yeah, it sounds like a really cool experience. And then I never thought of it again. Mm-hmm. That's like, I mean, it's something I drive past like once every two weeks, you know, when I'm walking around theme parks, I'm seeing people with the pins that signify that there's someone on, on a voyage. Like, it's present in the park, so it's a little bit more uh, on my radar, I guess. I just hope that they take some of the the interactive experience of talking with the you know the cast members, the, the people that were working the ship, and getting and sending people on a mission and stuff like that. They can bring that into the park experience of Batu, because that's what I thought Batu was going to be. Like there was a lot on the Galactic Star Cruiser that I thought was going to be included in Galaxy's Edge, like a dinner show, you know, that Ogus Cantina, you know, DJ Rex is playing there. That's cool. But there is no scoundrel that comes up to you and like, you know, there's no, no other like character interaction in there or, you know, storytelling that goes on. It's just DJ Rex. But that stuff gets difficult to do because the last time that they did something like that at the Adventures Club in downtown Disney, Disney Springs now, people would just go in there and hang out. And like they didn't have throughput for it because it's the same people that would just go in there every single day and mm-hmm. basically like sit there with, with their drink, nurse it. I mean, it's the same thing that happens at uh, whatchamacallit, Polynesian Resort. Uh, the Gra Grotto, whatever it's called. Yeah, Trader, Trader Stamps. Like people just go in there, like for the ambiance, and then they stay in there. Like, it, it, it is maximum. A, it is a, a business. Mm-hmm. To drink maximum, but if you're sitting there nursing your your one drink, yeah. especially in a place that only fits like two dozen people, mm-hmm. like it's a delicate balance of like, hey, how do we get people in here? How do we make it a great experience? How do we also get these people out of here? Yeah. So we can then keep someone in. It's it's rough. Like I think Ogus Cantina is what it it should be because it's the same thing. Like even with the characters that they do have walking around, like Ray and Chewbacca, as soon as people see them, they're swarmed mm-hmm. and like they don't do meet and greets. Right. Like they're there like to walk around, but people are still like trying to stop them and like like throw their kids in front of them so they can take a picture but it's like they're constantly on the move like they don't do that I don't know we talked about this a lot more than I (laughs) what uh, what was the other news we had Mortal Kombat no I don't care about Mortal Kombat either (laughs) Um, we do not have a Bang Broadcast Bracket Buster update for this week Um, nothing has come out recently except for Fast X Fast 10, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it literally just released. So, But if X-Men taught me anything, no, the, X the, is 10, uh, and 10 is X. Whatever you think it's going to be. Apparently, the, uh, the, the word went out to, because I listened to some podcast reviews, and like, apparently they got word from like this whoever is managing the social media like part of Fast 10 to, to let people know that, hey, it's pronounced Fast 10. It's not Fast X. But can I still call it Fast X? You can. Okay. But if we're but if we're referring to the movie and want to let people know what movie we're talking about, we should probably. I think we can call still it by say the movie title. I think we can still say well, Fast but, X. Yeah, because right? we're, we're just going to have fun and not, now we're always going to just say Fast X, so. We'll look forward to that one next week when it uh, we get the full numbers. It did open just yesterday with $33 million. So it seems like it's going to be doing quite well as we head in through the weekend. Um, what movie is it going up against in the bracket? 
Uh, I said that last week. Oh. I just don't remember. Uh, I, I see it here. It's uh, The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. Um, now yeah. I'm going to pronounce it The Little Mermaid. That that's fine. You're allowed to. Uh, something else that's doing quite well. You heard us talk previously about a Kickstarter that we were supporting over here uh, from Jason Douglas. This is Jane American. Uh, it's been fully funded. They are now working on their stretch goals. They got the first two down. I was a physical backer for this book, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how far it can go. So, nice. Yeah. Jane uh, American. You can find the links for that over on our Instagram page, just bag board. If it's something that you do want to support while you still got time, uh, the whole book itself, like just the original Kickstarter was funded within like a day and a half. So, so it got the support it needed. Nice. So congratulations, Jason. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, um, I have yet to back it, but I also have other things on my mind. As in, uh, within the next week or two, my wife will probably have a baby. So <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of stuff going on around here. So you're, you're also very excited for the 2023 Eisners that were just nominations were announced. That's right. I'm looking forward to that. So uh, I forgot that these were announced until we actually just sat down to start talking. So I'm just going to scroll through and we're going to talk about kind of like some of the big top tier uh, right. awards that kind of like fall within ours. Um, I have not looked at these before. So for, I don't know if some of these we've read or not, but for best single issue or one shot, there's the Batman one bad day, the Riddler by Tom King and Mitch Gerards, uh, Mary Jane and the black cat beyond by Jed McKay, uh, Moon Knight, black, white, and Blood Number Three, which John, you were buying that book. I don't know if you bought. I picked the first three. one up. I didn't think it was that great. Uh, Star Trek Four Hundred and A Vicious Circle Book Number One. Uh, none of those things that I have actually read. Yep. Like Eisner Award winning. I'm like, <clears throat> okay, cool. But I wouldn't like. I want to be at a comic book store and then see a sticker on the book being like, "Oh, this won an Eisner. I have to pick it up." Uh, so I maybe, think there's, there's a lot of times where I've seen what books have come out or were up for the Eisner and won, and I do go, oh, that would be a fun trade for us to read for the podcast. Oh, okay. That's one of the reasons I picked Supergirl, because it was either it was nominated in one last year, and it was on everybody's list of best books for the the year, so... So you might see some of those stickers on some of the best continuing series. Uh, for that, we have Daredevil, The Department of Truth, Philadelphia, Nice House on the Lake, Nightwing, and She-Hulk. So some of those books we've actually read. We read She-Hulk. We read uh, Nice House on the Lake. We read... I'm reading Nightwing. I'm Nightwing. reading Daredevil. And both of those are solid monthlies. Like Those are like some of my favorite go-to comics right now. Uh, Best Limited Series, Animal Castle, Batman One Bad Day, The Human Target, Miracle Man, and Superman Space Age. Uh, Only one of those I've read any of was The Human Target. Yeah. Was there a new Miracle Man book? Um, It says Miracle Man by Gaiman and Buckingham, so there might have been. It's called The Silver Age. Yeah. I was never a Miracle Man fan, so it's not on. Oh, I'm thinking about Mr. Miracle. Mm. Not that one. Yes. Um, skip over best publication for early readers, best publication for kids, best publication for teenagers. Uh, best. Why don't graphic. we do? Oh, uh, I'm looking best, for best artist, best writer, and then we'll. Yeah, I'm scrolling through just trying to find those ones. Uh, Best writer. So Grace Ellis for Flung Out of Space. Tom King for Batman Killing Time. Batman One Bad Day. Batman Gotham City Year One. Human Target, Love Everlasting, and Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Hey, that's the book we're talking about today. Uh, Mark Russell from Traveling to Mars, One Star Squadron, Superman Space Age. Uh, James Tinian IV from House of Slaughter, Something is Killing the Children. 
Wind, Nice House on the Lake, Sandman Universe, Nightmare Country, The Closet, and Department of Truth. And then finally, Chip Zdarsky for Stillwater and Daredevil. I feel like just with the books that they list, probably James Tinian's got got things on lock. Because I think of those books we listed for all of them, James Tinian's probably the one that I've read the most from. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Best Writer Artist, Sarah Anderson of Cryptid Club, Kate Beaton, Ducks Two Years in the Oil Sands, Espe from the Past, Junji Ito, Black Paradox, and Zoe Thorogood, It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth. I do not know any of these creators besides Junji Ito, uh, who does, like, manga horror stuff. haven't read any of them. This artwork's awesome. Any thoughts on anybody? Same, same boat as you, except I didn't know about the, the Magna books. Hmm. Uh, best penciler slash inker or penciler inker team. Uh, we have Jason Sean Alexander of Philadelphia. Alvaro Martinez Bueno, Nice House on the Lake. Sean Phillips, Follow Me Down. Bruno Redondo of Nightwing. And Greg Smallwood, The Human Target. Hmm. I mean, Human Target's a great looking book. And, uh, uh, What's the one right before that? Bruno Redondo, Nightwing. On uh, Nightwing, yeah, the Nightwing books have looked great too. Yeah, Nightwing is fantastic, and I like that they're doing weird stuff, like having just like the one big single panel book, and then one of the upcoming issues is all from Dick Grayson's perspective, like so it's a first person comic book. Guaranteed to give you motion sickness. I mean, we can't shake it as a reading, Paul. <laughs> Uh, last one I'll do just because we can move on. Uh, best cover artist, Jen Bartel of She-Hulk, Bruno Redondo, Nightwing, Alex Ross. He's Alex Ross. You know him. He does that shirt that John's always wearing. Uh, Sana <laughs> Takata of Monstrous and Zoe Thurgood, who did uh, Joe Hill's Reign. Hey, Dan Mora. No no love for Dan no Mora. No Dan Mora. Surprising. No uh, Peach Momoko. Oh. I'm surprised. But yeah, <laughs> full listing is online. I gotta go Bruno Redondo. I love his artwork a lot. So I would hey. say the same, but that would be redundant. Oh, that was a good Not one. No. And you know what else is good? Maybe your next beer? Yeah. John? I, don't have it. Uh, I have an open one. I don't know if I'm going to. I've kind of had a, a long day today. So I think just the one beer is probably it for me. But uh, I am also drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper. Mmm. I was hoping it was going to be a little quick. Does it taste more like original Dr. Pepper? Which is a phrase that always confused me. Diet Dr. Pepper tastes like shit. It doesn't taste anything like Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper's great. This is Dr. Pepper is the best soda. Have you ever had the Dr. Pepper cream soda? No. It's actually, it's very good. I haven't had any of the varietals of, uh, uh, Dr. Pepper. Normally, if I'm going to get a Dr. Pepper, I get a Dr. Pepper. Uh, this was in the fridge, and I didn't have any coffee today, so I was like, eh, I was having a little bit of a caffeine headache. Figured I'd get a little caffeine in me. There you go. Hmm. Is it helping? Yeah. Nice. Glad. It's either like the beautiful voices of you two have soothed my head, or oh, the, uh, the, the little caffeine in this. As uh, subsided. Chris, are you, are you drinking a second beer? I am. I'll be drinking a third beer as well. Uh, both of my final two are coming from Artisanal Brew Works, and this is their Sour Cone. Uh, they've done a few of these where they are snow cone inspired sour ales. Uh, the four pack that I got is actually like two and two, uh, starting off with their cherry flavored. And this is delicious. It does taste like a cherry popsicle. Like it's that right amount of like sweet, but then that like that tart that you get from like a, like fake cherry. Mm-hmm. Like you remember the, the popsicles that would have like the two sticks in them. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Tart? I don't sure. know if they still make those yeah. at all. It tastes just like twin that pops. cherry. Yeah. Weren't they called twin pops? Maybe. They would come in like the waxy white bag. Yeah. Uh, this is delicious. Uh, this is one of the beers that Yanni and I split yesterday on our day off, and it tastes just like a cherry popsicle. Delightful. Fun. You know what else is delightful? 
Uh, well, Paul, are you going to talk about your seltzer you were drinking? Well, I did have a question. Chris, did you did you get the Twin Pops as a kid? Yeah. You, you were an only child, so did you get to have both? Mm-hmm. Oh. I was still pulling <laughs> apart, though, because that's... <laughs> Paul, I yeah, had I did, a sister. Like, I had a sister, he, and we each got our own. We didn't have to split them. You didn't have to split them? So, you only had... Okay. But the thing was, like, if you got to split them, sometimes you both got your own, but you got to split them so you could have an orange and a cherry. Mm. Which was nice. I was an only child, so I could just go get another one oh, from the nice. freezer. I was a latchkey kid. I was I wasn't supervised. I could eat that whole box if I wanted to. Normally, my uh, little brother would get the grape, and I didn't like grape. Mm. Everything was grape. See, Ugh. you're not gonna like cherry. my next cherry. beer. Then. <laughs> cherry or cherry orange? That was the way to go. Uh, See, that's why he didn't like that grape beer I talked about. Yeah. Ugh. I like, you know, citrus, much like this polar seltzer. And this is from the, uh, I think, the winter collection. Uh, polar puts out, you know, seasonal collections of uh, their seltzer waters, which are far superior superior to their regular flavors. Like this one here is prickly pear and citrus. Much better than like their orange, their orange vanilla. Just they got come up. pink apple lemon. Which is one of their regular flavors. Oh, it's delicious. Is it a regular? Okay. Yeah. No, and they haven't seen it. I haven't had it. Yeah. This, uh, they come out in their these uh, liter sizes. They're, they've been family made since 1882. And I have to say, for just a seltzer, not, nothing special, nothing crazy, uh, best bang for your buck are these seltzer, are the, uh, is a polar, I think. I love a polar. I, I love a polar, too. I'm, I have not seen them down here ever. If I did, that would just be one of my my go-to fridge fillers. Where are they yeah. from? Worcester, Mass. Where yes. are they from? Yeah, they're from Worcester. Huh. Okay, everyone missed him trying to take a swig out of the bottle, but he got the giggles because he <laughs> cracked himself up that he couldn't. Yep. I, I was, was gonna make a joke. I remember before. where it's from. I was going to make a joke before when Paul said they're still family made. I was going to say, I don't know why families keep walking into that factory. <laughs> They're delicious. Anyways, comic books. We're buying them. The list yep. for May 24th. Paul, what book do you think John's looking forward to? John's looking forward to a book that I've never heard of before. About some sort of monster and or monster killer. Or about some sort of serial killer. I'm not sure which. John, what book is it? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Usagi Yojimbo, Where, When, Number Three. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, uh, this has been a real fun uh, real fun series so far. I've been buying them and reading them with my son. They got a lot of great um, covers. And, uh, yeah, it's been really a lot of fun. Um David Peterson doing uh, covers, Kevin Eastman. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So it's about a clock that's suffering from werewolfism? Uh, no, there's a Ninja Turtle villain, Werewen, Dr. Werewen. And uh, he went into time. And became and a werewolf. The tur- no. No so werewolf. What's the were part? Where like W H E R E? Okay, because he's a time traveler. Where, mm-hmm. when? Well, he's a traveler. Traveler then. We're all because time he goes travelers. where? He goes there, which is where. That headache's coming <laughs> back. <laughs> so I, I can also just travel there. Or over there. All right, Paul, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> a number three of some that you haven't read the first two? This is part five. <laughs> this is Action Comics, which I have been reading. Uh, Action Comics number 1055. And this is uh, continuing on uh, the unlikely team up of Superman and Metallo. Uh, 
and we get and in this issue we learned that uh, who's been pulling the strings all along? None other than Cyborg Superman himself, Hank Henshaw. Cool cover. Cool. cool cover. Really cool that uh, Cyborg Superman is back. Uh, haven't seen him as a villain for a while, in a long time, so or no. But I also haven't been reading all the Superman. It's been since it's been a while. It's been a while. Since he but, was uh, a yeah. yellow lantern. Yeah. Back oh. back in that day. Green Arrow number two comes out this week. I I did not add that to my poll, surprisingly. Hmm. But Chris, what did you add to your pull list? Uh, I did add Supermassive number one coming out from Image Comics. They have done a Supermassive once before, but this is a crossover between a lot of the characters from the Radiant Black, like Massiverse. Uh, so this is going to have Radiant Black, Rogue Sun, and the Dead Lucky. Uh, this is being written by... Uh, Kyle Higgins, who's writing Radiant Black and most of the other Radiant books, uh, Ryan Parrott, Melissa Flores, and Matt Groom. And the artwork on this is being done by Daniel DiNaculo, who did uh, the image uh, Seven Secrets book, which I really enjoyed when that was coming out like a year and a half ago. Uh, 50 pages for $5.99. I think this is going to be a fantastic fun book because it's all of these massive first heroes on a quest for the Holy Grail. They all got to get it for some reason. And uh, we'll find out why. No, who would be good to ask where the Holy Grail is? Where, when? Because he would be able to go back in time to know where it was, and then he'll know where it is. Mm. Or he'll just keep asking you, what? <laughs> what? And then after like the Holy Grail, he's like, why? Because they all need it. Work. Who in there? Anyways. You know, it was the comic books we're looking forward to. Yeah. We read a comic. Quite a few of them. One through eight. Massive trade. And a really good deal, too, on uh, Comixology. It's only two ninety nine. Oh, but first, <laughs> we need to do a dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from Supergirl. <clears throat> The Woman of Tomorrow, page, did I say 84? 85. 85, panel two. Now, there were cousins who were born after me, and I'd like to go along on the visit and watch them cooing and copping all the other kinswomen. Uh-huh. And that was a dramatic rating from Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, don't know the issue, but page 85, panel two. But yes, but yes, Paul, uh, there was a great deal on Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, the trade, which I think is only, I think they're bigger issues. I think it's only like four actual or six, six actual issues because they have the break um, for the parts. Um but this is written by Tom King. Chris, you said this name earlier. Uh, uh, Quest, no, that's Evely. Evely, uh, who I think does fantastic art in this. Evely book. or Evely? I'm not sure the pronunciation of it, but it's. Um, but this is a book of Supergirl taking a, a young woman kind of under her wing and across the galaxy uh, to help hunt down the murderer of her father. And she might just learn a lesson in the end. Um, but the whole book is told as if it is a, um, what the young girl in her older age has written a book about her travels with Supergirl. And you are basically reading it and seeing pictures with it. Uh, and I think this book looks beautiful. Uh, but this book, I had a hard time getting and staying into. I think I tried reading it over like four days. Uh, and then today finally finished it. The 
the times that I really was into the book was when there was actual dialogue going on between characters and you weren't just reading snippets of the book out loud. I can see how people really enjoyed this book. It is kind of a different take on Supergirl. I wouldn't say that I, I hated this book. It just I just couldn't get into it. I liked it. I liked the story it was telling. But I think it could have gotten to the point a lot sooner. Yeah. During the first issue, there's a whole, you know, breakdown of the the one of the young girl, um, Ruthie, uh, right, you know, her prose writing. And then, like, you get her in the bar and Supergirl's basically picking a fight while being drunk with the guy that's stealing Ruthie's sword. And I'm like, oh, the captions are done. Thank goodness that's over. And then two pages later, we're right back to those captions. And I'm like, and they're verbose. They are written in a, in a very linguistic style. Um, and it, it, I think it's good world building. I think it's, it, it sets you in a spot in a, time and a place but uh when you're trying to read it for a show you're like okay let's get on with it i i I think i did myself a disservice by trying to read this all in one sitting i did read it all in one sitting and i loved it good uh for me this is now like the quintessential supergirl book um and yes, it does read as very verbose because you are reading Ruthie's like memoirs of Supergirl. And also it's her reflecting on how that journey with Kara turned her into the woman she was going to become. Like mm-hmm. the lesson she learned. She is now the woman of tomorrow. Like she didn't realize it at the time, but she's she's become someone different after that trek along the galaxy for me, this book reminded me of two different comics. First of all, all-star Superman, because each issue is kind of a story unto itself, but it does serve to move forward. Like the greater narrative of the book, like each issue is Kara and Ruthie on a different planet, trying to overcome like a different issue, different problem. And then the lessons that she learns from it all kind of come back at the end. But then also, it reminded me of Saga, because it's this character reflecting back on their life mm. with the knowledge that they now have, and just this is this is how I got through it at that time. But now I know what it was and what it meant. Uh, I'm surprised you guys didn't like this book because I, I thought this was absolutely fantastic. Like right from the get go, where you have drunk Supergirl who had to go to a planet with a red sun so she could celebrate her 21st birthday. I love it. It's it's a revenge story, like sci-fi fantasy revenge story that just happens to have Supergirl in it. Like, And I think that's kind of the strength of it because I think the story could be told with a different hero in the Supergirl role and you would have a different story each time. And I I just kind of like that framework for it. I I think the parts that I perked up in are the, par- the parts where things are actually happening and the characters are interacting with each other. And you you would you have these things like at the the end of the first issue, you have. You have Supergirl drunk in the bar and people are all talking to each other and you don't have these exposition bubbles. And then the next book starts and they're talking on the spaceship. She's got a hangover. She's doing this. She's fighting those guys. And then again, it just goes boom. Panel, yellow page, red writing. Very verbose internal thoughts of this young character or old character and 
And then it's just like, okay, okay, okay. And you'll do like a whole two issues of reading these pros. And then you'll like, oh, now we got some action. Now we have something happening. People are actually talking. And then it's like, now my interest is back into it. And then it would just go back into the pros. And it's just like, okay, boom, 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 boom. And it just took forever. And I don't know how many times you heard like Krem of the Yellow Sun who killed my father. Like mm-hmm. it's like every couple pages that had to be uttered. And it just was it just was a lot. I think the book is very good. I think the way they told the story is definitely unique and and I wouldn't say new, but it's a, a unique kind of telling. I think the story of Supergirl, I think the Supergirl stuff in it is really cool. Uh, when the 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 uh, the Morble Orb or whatever, I can't think what. Uh, 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 Mordu Orb. Mordu Orb. Uh, <laughs> I'm almost out that one. I, I think it is like Mordu, Mordu Orb. Um, like when yeah, Mordu take- Mordu Globe. Globe. When that takes him to the planet with the green sun that was built because people hate her cousin like that was fun that was cool i liked that that and that's actually the issue i don't know which one it is in here um but that's the one that reminded me actually the most of all-star superman where it's kind of like these iconic superman moments that are just again it's just like you could pick up that issue and have like a good supergirl story and just like when Ruthie's Essner is like, oh, how long was your cousin here for? And then Kara's just like, oh, 45 minutes. And then the leak came to save him. It's like, we'll be good once the sun goes down, like nine hours. And then it's just that survival story. I, yeah. Maybe. I think that's I think that's a really good story. I think towards the end, when Supergirl is fighting those marauders, the action would have been better without, again, the a lot of the pros over it her beating up and fighting those marauders would have been really cool just on its own with her own dialogue and again i know in the this book is that girl's story and she wasn't there to see exactly what happened but like that was cool the tension between that and comet and her and all of that all, all good stuff and the her talking with Comet, she's actually using words and talking like those are the parts of this book that I really perked up to. But you would have page after page after page after page of just dialogue, not even dialogue bubbles, just the these captions and stuff. And it would constantly take me out of it where I'm like, fucking all right, I get it. I'm not trying to put the book down. I think the book is very unique and I do like it. It just, uh, I don't know, just wore on me. Do you think if we had read this like issue to issue, maybe just yeah. if it wasn't like a big, big chunk? Cause I mean, it is I, a very heavy, like kind of dense book because yes, yeah, she, it is a woman in her twilight years writing, about this great adventure that she had to get revenge for her murdered father. Um, So it is very reflective and like reverent of that experience that she went through. Um, But again, the question, like if you read it like issue to issue, like space out over a month, like do you think things would have like, you would have had that time to kind of let it breathe more and like sit with it. Maybe, yeah. Um, I could also... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Paul. I could also see it being the bottom of my stack each and every week that I pick it up, being like, ooh, I got to carve out time for this one. And then not finding the time to carve it out. I think I probably would have dropped off of it before, before the end. I think issue one would have gotten me by the end of it. The beginning of two would have been like, oh, yeah, this book's great. 
maybe pick up three and issue three isn't the green sun one. So I probably after three might have dropped off. Three was the one where they killed all the purple people. Yeah. Ah, uh, the purple people. I mean, like the purple people one was pretty good. By the end of that, when it's you figured that out, that was good. I I I like the book. I I know I just sound very negative about the book, but the those are the things about the book that make me not love it, mm-hmm. but like it. Uh, what do you think at the very end? Where super? I was kind of surprised. <laughs> I, shows I was up. A, yeah. Go ahead. I knew I knew she was going to show up younger than what Ruthie was going to be, but I was uh I was a little surprised what happens to Krem at the end. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> like it, it's just know, so like, weird. I, I think it's a good a good payoff. Again, like you're reading a revenge story and like it's a long time coming but like yeah ruthie gets her revenge like yeah she's grown up she's realized but then creme of the lsm killed her father it, over a joke mm-hmm. yeah but the thing I, is, I mean he's he's not a great guy yeah. <laughs> not, like, I, lo- I do love again we're, we're talking about this book as a whole, so spoilers always in effect. I like that, you know, Kara comes to her and is like, no, he's been in the Phantom Zone, like, centuries. Took some time, but he's bended his ways. Like, he's growing. He's becoming a better person. And, like, as soon as he gets released and Krem sees Ruthie, he's like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, forgive me. And just this, this old bit is like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> like, I, I really I really dug that a lot. Uh, also, I I may have known this at one point and just forgot. Comet's a shapeshifter? Comet's no, a he was horse. a man. He was a man that, that got, got cursed, cursed. In, into being a like a super horse. I don't know if I ever knew that or if I did, I forgot it because I it, don't pay attention to that stuff. things that you don't care about, but you heard at one time, so it is kind of in the, your brain. Because when she was bringing down, and I was like, well, who's this guy? Oh, I bet it's Comet. Yeah, Comet's a guy? Like, I had that same thing, like, yeah? That was never in the back of my mind. I'm like, okay, some weird shit. Okay, fine. <laughs> no. I, I thought the end was just really weird, because the whole beach scene where Ruthie realizes that she can't kill him. You know, she takes a swing, and she's like, you killed my father, takes a swing, and then... Supergirl's like, hey, I took you on this trip because I thought you could learn something. And, you know, I guess I was wrong, like, because I'm not a good enough teacher like this. This is too big and I'm too small. Like. And then Ruthie says, no, no, I did learn. And that's why I couldn't take this shot. And this is we can figure out another way for punishing him. And then at the end, it's like, meh. Like, kill, they kill him as a joke, and it kind of undercuts that whole emotional beat that just happened. I would rather these final pages not I don't, exist. He's not, he's not dead. She just clocks him. Like, oh, if you look, like, he put, like, she hits him with her cane. And then he's like, ah! And then, like, they just, they all go their separate ways while he's just sitting there. Because if you notice, like, the sun doesn't, like, fully set on him like he's not dead like well, the sun's rising oh it is rising you're right okay sorry but i didn't get, but you're right i didn't catch that he hits his head but then he you know his arms are down so but i was like okay so we end it with but it's still jokey it's still a jokey kind of like oh please for me give me please forgive me clock kind of thing and i'm like well the emotional beat i was there i got the 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 emotional thesis of the whole thing i i see I, it's all now come together like that's why supergirl was acting this this way and swearing quite a bit but you know she's swearing she's quite 21 because she turned 21 it's legal now it's fine and also because i is this is this a beat for beat retelling of uh not in no country for old men but the movie that they just made with uh, the dude, remade with the dude. Uh, it's a country western. 
movie. Just oh. remade? You mean the movie that came out like 12 years ago? True Grit? True Grit, Grit. yeah. True Grit. Did that come out 12 years ago? It came out like 10 years ago, yeah. Did you guys go volleyballing and then go see it? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I, it came out in 2010. Uh, yeah, right. so 13 years ago. <laughs> Chris, Chris is pretty spot on. Uh, nice. Yeah. I, I kind of like that she's at the end of her tight days. This guy's been living in the Phantom Zone for centuries. She comes back. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. She doesn't say anything really to him. Just hits him, <laughs> hits him in the fucking face. And then turns around and leaves. Like, Yeah. Also, I do like the whole like. Have you ever broken a pro- like a promise to a horse? It makes <laughs> you feel real bad, but you get over it. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry you guys didn't like this more because I thought we were going to come into this episode being like, "Wow, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow," because I kind of want to do springboard into uh, the future after I talk about my beer because Paul, like I said, uh, the other one, the other one is a grape flavored. Sour Ooh, ale. I'm Same not thing. Like that one. Artisanal sour cone. Um, it has that artificial like grape jolly rancher flavor, but it's it's so good in a good way. In a good way. Like it's not quite cough syrupy, but it's like that. Again, like you just opened up that the twin pop, and like you ripped it in half. Didn't rip cleanly, so like one of the popsicles has like that little bit of the other one stuck to it. Mm-hmm. That's, you, that's the one you bite off first. Um, I did like both of these snow cones better than the other one I had previously because the other one I had I think was like a like three flavor one it was like cherry lime watermelon or something, and that one I wasn't impressed by. But both of these are great. So hey, shout out to Artisanal Brew Works. Uh, but back to it. Uh, when we did get the announcement of what was going to be happening in the DC Universe filmiverse, uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow was one of the titles that was announced. And after reading this book, I don't think we're going to be getting this story. It seems a little bit too out there. I think this is going to be like an Age of Ultron where they they took a title and are like, no, this is, this is a great title. Cause age of Ultron is not like it was with the comics. Like it's an Avengers movie with Ultron in it. I think, I think if they do this, like that's going to be very bold, but I don't know if it's going to sell people. I think this, if they make this book, it's going to be a true grit esque Supergirl taking the girl on a, kind of a revenge story and these things kind of happening within it. I, I, I could see this making a pretty good, an adaptation of this book, not a true adaptation. Cause I don't think some things would, you can't squeeze all of this into a two hour movie. And I think some of it wouldn't land or linger like purple town stuff. Like, I don't think that would yeah. work in, in a movie. But I think it's going to be more of kind of the them, her taking, her, taking a R- Ruthie and going after uh, Creme of the Yellow Hills. Like, I could see that kind of story. Yeah, I don't know if that's a great. Well, I, Supergirl did get a, her own movie in the like 80s, right? Uh, yeah, it was like a, still a count. bad like TV. Matrix oh, it was a TV movie. I, I, it was like I think it came out into theaters, but it wasn't out long and it just went to TV, I believe. I'm yeah, not sure. It, there was a Mr. Sunday movies like Caravan of Garbage about it that I watched because I've never actually seen the movie. It was one of those movies that every time we would go to Blockbuster, like you'd see it on the shelf and you're like, hmm. Doesn't look good, but apparently it takes place in the same universe as the Christopher Reeves Superman stuff, but they couldn't say Superman in it, even though it's got the same guy that played Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen. Uh, but they can't talk about Superman because 
they didn't get the rights for it. Like it's some weird thing. Um, I've never seen it. I've seen it. I, I saw it like afternoon on the TV. Took four hours to watch it because there's a commercial every 15 minutes. But uh, I don't know. I don't think this story would be the best introduction to to cinema <laughs> for for Supergirl, especially you know since. The Supergirl television show just got, you know, just stopped, wrapped up three years ago. And now Chris is going to be like, Paul, that was five uh, years ago. That, no, that sounds about right. Again, I only ever watched like two episodes of that. So I have not a lot to say about it. But I, I don't know. I think it could because nobody has any expectations for uh, a Supergirl book. So if you do, you know, you are going to make something, make it less about this book was very, very little of. I'm I was sent here to be Kal-El's protector. And when I got here, he was a grown man and I don't know what to do with my life in this world. It was more of people hate my cousin. (laughs) Sometimes I hate my cousin, like. Sometimes he's a jerk. I get it. Like 45 uh, minutes. What a little punk. <laughs> I don't remember what issue. Pretty sure she called him a bitch. Yeah, she calls him a bitch. It's all I, blurred out. It's all. Because it's not a black label. It's not a black label. <laughs> uh, I don't remember which issue it was in, but there's a moment where, you know, you're reading Ruthie's memoirs and she's talking about like Supergirl isn't the person that's coming in blasting out with her heat vision or like using her ice breath on on you or like leaping over like tall buildings it's like she's holding back from doing that like that's the amount of restraint that she has like everything that she's doing is a struggle to just be next to you and i i really like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's great moments in this book in this in this trade ferris shut up <laughs> Oh. Cats. Yeah. Cats cry. <laughs> Gentlemen said no. it. There are great move, moments. There's in great this moments book. in this book. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing a movie adaptation of because I think it would it would have that little bit of talking over certain scenes, being like you're being told this story versus the whole story being over talking the scenes um but like i know i came off very negative overall i liked the book and the story i just didn't love the the format of it as much um i don't see i i like the format too because we didn't talk about but it does have that whole unreliable narrator thing because like right at the beginning like she tells you like no like i was gonna kill this guy but Supergirl got to him first, and that's how it kind of closes out too, with them talking about how like Kara like stabbed the dude in the chest, but we we know that doesn't happen, and I don't know if that would still work like done as like a like a voiceover, I guess, like would be the closest comparison to like the the dialogue boxes. Yeah, yeah, real voiceover would. But uh, I think it's interesting. I think I, if I give it more time and really uh, delve into it, I might enjoy it more. I think it's definitely worth a read uh, if you got the time and you want a very interesting, very, you know, uh, not it, almost Elseworlds, but not Elseworlds Supergirl story. It's very different from other Supergirl stuff that's been out there. Supergirl's a character that I like just because she pops up and stuff. But I think this is the uh, the best Supergirl book I've read. I like that you went to this planet on a red, that had a red star to get drunk because, you know what? It's just something she wanted to do for herself on her 21st birthday. And she took her best friend, Crypto, with her. Nobody else. Like, really? You didn't want to bring anybody else? Buddy. You have friends. 
I did like seeing crypto there, though. I do like seeing crypto, but... And you needed crypto uh, to help progress the story. Oh, when they... I, I kept on going back and forth. I'm like, did they really kill crypto right now? Did they kill him? And <laughs> we kept like, showing him, like... He's, he's, fine. he's with the veterinarian on your yeah. planet. Like That's what... Yeah. You think I could solve this problem, Supergirl? I could have solved yeah. all these problems well, by myself. Well, not only that, it's like, oh, we got to find the poison to stop this. It's very bad. And then it's like, we spent three weeks on the the spaceship, and then we were on there for a month, and then we did this, and then we did this. And I was like, that dog's dead, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what I kept on thinking. I'm like, what's going on? And wouldn't you want to take him with you? Because then the closer he got to a yellow sun, he would get his strength back? Exactly. And then, but it was all a lie. He was fine hanging out with the vet. <sighs> I dug it. So thank you, John. Thank you, this book. And no thank problem. you, uh, Amazon Comics Algae, for having a price so good when we decided we wanted to do it. Because this yeah, is it's like, a gorgeous what? book. Like, we didn't talk about the art a lot. Like, I think we just talked about how we liked it. Um, beautiful. Beautiful book. It, it does, like, the sci-fi barbarian fantasy style so well and i know this is an artist i've seen on other stuff before but i don't think it's ever been a book that i'm actually reading uh but going forward i definitely would pay more attention to him yeah i would definitely if i saw them on a book it would it would make me lean towards buying the book just because i know the art's going to be so good mm-hmm he did. Oh, it's. I'm sorry. It's a girl. Female, not girl. Woman. A woman. A lady. A lady artist. Uh, mm. She did uh, Wonder Woman, but I don't know which Wonder Woman run she worked on. But yeah. All right. Well, listeners. Thank you. If you've read this book, let us know your thoughts about it. Uh, if you read the the voiceover uh, captions just like Chris did in the dramatic reading, let us know over on Instagram where you can see that uh, panel be posted by Chris. Thank you for running that. Hi. And you're welcome. You can email us your thoughts at bagdenboardcast at gmail.com. And pa- pages for this book sell for like four or five hundred dollars each. Not not bad because it's gorgeous artwork. Nice. And if you want to give us four to five hundred dollars, um, email us. We'll work something out. We'll figure it out. Thank you. And uh, uh, join us next week, where we're going to discuss uh, our favorite pop culture cars and vehicles. Right, Chris? Yeah. For the release of Fast Ten. Zoom. Fast X. <laughs> <laughs>